everybody, Jimmy Smith on today's Unlocking the Cage podcast. I sit down with standout 185-pounder and former world champion Robert Whitaker about his fights with Israel Adesanya in the upcoming UFC. Also, Eve Edwards, my boy, helps break down the main card of UFC 272 this weekend. Who's going to win? Surprise what he says. I am now joined by standout UFC middleweight, former world champion, coming off his amazing fight against Israel Adesanya, Robert Whitaker. Thanks so much for joining me. Let me move back a little bit to the first fight with Israel Adesanya. Um, the issues you had going into that fight, when did you realize things were catching up to you? Because you can deny things to a certain point, and then you go, man, this might affect my fight performance. Was there that moment before that fight where, where things just weren't didn't feel like they were clicking, man? No, well, that's the thing. That's the, that's the thing. You don't, we, we, with burnouts and, and, and things like the, the pressures and the buildups and everything that's going with it, you don't realize what it is until it is what it is sort of thing. Um, it, and like, like, like you just mentioned then, it's just about convincing yourself you're fine. Because we're going into a fight here. There can't be a slither, a sliver of doubt. You, you need to be at 100. You need to be in there knowing what you want. You And you, you want you have to want to be in there. So you're telling yourself this throughout the camp. You're telling yourself this is the best I've been. I'm enjoying this. I'm getting through this. And then it wasn't until you know the, the other shoe dropped um, that you know you're looking back in hindsight and it all kind of comes in on you at once and you, it's just super clear. Um, the fights, of course, leading up to this uh, three in a row. You look solid. Footwork was good. Aggression was good. Timing was good. Good defense. Did it feel like you had 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 exercised those demons before or during those three fights leading up to Israel Sanya fight? So a lot of work was done before I got back into the octagon. Uh, you know, that's why I, I took a little period, a yep. little break off from the from the scene after that first Adesanya fight. To, to deal with that. And I, I did a lot of work then, made a lot of ground, but then the rest couldn't have been done until those fights. So you could see I was testing the waters and getting my bearings in that till fight. And then again, it was better with the Catania fight. And then with Gaslam, it was even better. And with Adesanya now, you know, whilst I didn't get the W, I feel like I've completed the circuit. You know, I've completed the, the, the full cycle. And now on the back end of it, I'm a much better and a much more complete fighter. Uh, so how did that fight feel before, during, and after? Meaning, you know, uh, I, there, there's always a little bit, and, and I've had other issues that weren't like this, but, but you start doubting yourself. Okay, am I, am I really there? Am I really where I need to be? Did everything feel like it was clicking leading into uh, the Israel Adesanya fight? Getting into the octagon, did you feel mentally in the right place? Uh, the second one? No, yeah, the second one, yeah. Did it feel like the, the ship was yeah. kind of landed? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Everything, everything had clicked. Everything was was great. You could see in the past few fights that the the different angles and the different weapons I was taking into the fights were working well. I was building confidence in in expanding my arsenal and being able to use different weapons during the fight. My confidence and the way I was able to control my emotions and everything in those fights were much better than they've ever been. I was enjoying fight week a lot more. Uh, Everything was kind of on point for that fight. I guess the biggest deciding factor and the biggest things that I, I kind of had to experience in there was that, like, after losing Adesanya that first time, a certain level of, of hesitancy, a certain level mm. of uh, caution 
is bred from it that that you can't erase just mentally you cannot erase that mentally because it, it, it's what happens and that was taken into that fight and you can see it there in that first round and then after that first round it hit me like a lightning bolt this guy's hittable this guy isn't going to flatten me and he's not going to flatline me I can fight him like I want to and then I just took off and that that that's the biggest thing that I took from that fight that I took back from that fight if you would I took back that um that hesitancy, hesitancy, that that caution, I took it back from him, and um, that's why I'm I'm excited for the for the future because I don't know for the first time in in what is it three four years I feel free. Uh, speaking of course, Robert Whitaker, top middleweight, 185 pounds. Uh, of course, recently fought Israel Adesanya for the title. Went to a decision on that one. What I'm curious about is boxing and combat sports, whatever. There's this tradition that isn't really real but it's still there close rounds go to the champion close rounds go to the cha- almost always in a close fight it goes to the champion we've seen uh, exceptions of that rule but a lot of times it does in your corner and in your head even in rounds you thought you won was there something of i gotta do more or pushing yourself to do more was was that a thought that ever entered your head normally i'd win that round but i don't know in this case was there any of that in your head well, it was tricky because I was confident in the fact that I won the rounds that I did, that I, that, that I was, it was a close fight and I, and I understand that. But I, I, in my heart of hearts, I was confident in, the, in that I was prevailing in the rounds, in the majority of the rounds, I'll say. And, um, and, and, and honestly, the, the fight was at such a high level of adapting and reacting and trying to push different elements that it... To have that sort of, if I would have had that thought in my head, it, it would have come out as recklessness in the fight. There wasn't a moment I could expose myself. There wasn't a single moment I could get out there and and be reckless. There wasn't a moment I could push, uh, I could be greedy and reach for more because I was hitting angles. I was I was attempting takedowns. I was uh, beating him in the trades with, with with the punches and like. It was it was such a high level fight. It was so hard to. I've thought about this a lot, and people have told me and, and explained this to me. But like it, it was it was such a high level fight. It, it's hard to explain how um how close the stakes were at that point. It, it, it's funny leading up to that fight and even afterward, and so many people were you know there the, are the comparisons to Anderson Silva all the time with 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 Israel Asanya. And one thing I kept reminding everybody is Anderson was a better finisher. Izzy doesn't mind winning a decision. He can be very tactical. He can very, be very tough to get to. He doesn't have necessarily the that, oh, my God, did I see that moment every single time. It's usually guys who really come after him where he gets that moment. Other than that, he's content to wait a lot of the time. Is it frustrating trying to beat a guy like that? Who's content to kind of play the outside and play space a little bit more than Anderson would? Mate, you have absolutely no idea how frustrating it is. <laughs> To try to to try to hit a guy that is that tall and just plays counter and leans back the whole time. It is an absolute nightmare. Trying to get bodies during the camp, trying to work strategies during the camp is hard. And then the actual fight of actually trying to get your paws on him without getting hit, mind you, because he's yes. waiting. He knows, he knows he can hit you from the outside and you need to come in to hit him. Like it is the most frustrating thing in the world, hands down, that I've had to deal with in my career. So is, do you feel that that, and, and what I was kind of telling my listeners is, and, and I think this is a great fighter. I really do. 
he's an overrated finisher. I go, he's, he really doesn't take a lot of the way Anderson Silva did in his prime. Remember against Forrest Griffin? Come on, let's go. He doesn't really, you know, against Stefan Bonner, where he said, you know, he literally cornered himself and, and threw comedy. Izzy doesn't do that. Izzy doesn't take those like, all right, look, it's time to bang. He doesn't really do that. He's kind of an overrated finisher, but that's what's in everybody's head. Can you explain that? They, they, they all like compare him to Anderson. I'm like, Anderson was a much better finisher, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I agree with you. I, I think I think Izzy's a much safer fighter. Yes. He's um he's a much safer fighter. And he uses all, all his weapons in his fight style and his skill set is based around playing safe. It's based around a long stance, leaning back, creating distance, utilizing his reach and his his timing and his accuracy to pinpoint precision. And he just, he does it. You see in all these fights, he's very happy to leg kick you for five rounds to take a W. That's what he'll do if he needs to do it, which hats off to him. That's a, that's a great way of saying, saying the champ. It's a very experienced way to, to, to stay the champ, to, to take fights that are hard. And, um, you know, that's just his way. Whereas um, Anderson Silva would, he would risk it for the biscuit. If you, if you know yeah, what I yeah. mean, you know, he would, he would, he would put himself out there in harm's way to land those those um, those dangerous shots, just like Conor McGregor used to as well. He would he would put himself out there to land those those highlight reel finishing moves. I think what confuses the public, oh, not confuses the, the public. I think I think what leads him onto this Anderson Silva sort of persona is just the the character that Izzy brings, and I think that is a superstar sort of lighting that he brings into the atmosphere into the crowd that that draws him into those to, to that sort of status uh speaking of course of robert whitaker former champion top 185 pounder you've talked about moving up to 205 i found that extremely surprising because you fought at 170 pounds you already moved up 15 that'd be another 20 is that something you do as a one-off or if the money's right or is it somewhere you really feel you could be champion i'd love to hear that uh it depends it depends i think it isn't something I do lightheartedly. So, yeah, I used to be a 170 not. pounder. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I used to be a 170 pounder and, and moving up to 185, that was an easy transition because my, my, my more default weight, my more, my more natural weight is 185. Okay. So, I, that, and that's why I perform so well in this division because the, I think this is my natural weight. This is what I'm meant to be. To move up to, to 205, would involve me putting on a lot more muscle mass, sitting at a heavier weight and, and, and dealing with it in a much, you know, a very serious professional um, you know, approach. I, the idea isn't, isn't far-fetched. There would have to be a reason for me to, to, to go up to 205 because uh, I'm doing pretty well at 185. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I definitely don't think it's a division that I would do poorly in because I think my speed, my power, the, the range... Um, the complete skill set that I have in the division, uh, I think I think I can take fights to a lot of different places. I think I could be I, I could be a force to be reckoned with in, in that division. When I look at the UFC's rankings right now, I would say 145, 170, 185 kind of all have the same problem where it's, it's Kamar Usman and it's Colby Covington and then it's a pretty big drop off to everybody else. 145 clearly is Max Holloway, Alexander Volkanovsky, and then pretty big drop off to everybody else. I think it's the same thing in your division. What you proved in that fight was it's Izzy and you, and then I don't see anyone below you beating you, and so it's just a matter of, of the opportunity coming around to you again. It's it's good to be in that class. It also kind of feels like purgatory in a sense. What's it like being 
you know, right now having to kind of wait for your opportunity again, because I don't see anybody below you beating you personally. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> um, I, I guess, yeah, it, it's a tricky spot. It's a tricky spot to beat him, to be in because uh, we're, kind of, we're kind of like, yeah, we're kind of like the ultimate gatekeepers at the moment. And um, it's a funny place because you, we, I, I guess the, the, my whole approach with it is that I'm, I'm, I can't think of it like that because otherwise you're kind of left with what do you do sort of thing. You kind of, well, and if you look at it in that light, it kind of, it gets worse than it is. I fight for a living. I fight to earn money. This is what I do. And and if I have that approach and I've just, I've, this is what I do for, for a career. I enjoy doing it and I'm good at it. So it's not that bad because I'll just fight. And eventually after winning a bunch of times, I'll get another chance at, 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 at Israel and, you know, and then hopefully this time I'll take the crown back. Uh, speaking to Robert Whitaker, of course, standout 185 pounder in the UFC, former champion. What do you think? It looks like Jared Cannonier is going to be next. A guy you fought, you fought Izzy. What are your thoughts on that fight and, and his chances? Do you think there's anything when you fought him that would maybe present a, a challenge for Israel Adesanya? Yeah, it's it's hard to say because honestly, I think I think Israel's going to going to counter him, stay on the outside, and, and, and fight him on the distance on the outside for most of the fight, which I did to Cannonier. Um, Cannonier is tough as nails. He's got zero quid on him, and you can see in that last fight. He will go out on his shield. You have to like, take him out of there on a stretcher for him to leave that octagon. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough fight. I think it is a hard fight going in for him, but I would not rule him out because when, when you're that tough and you're that resilient and you are willing to go out on your shield like that, there is always a chance. There is always a chance. If he can get his paws on Israel, and he might, then, uh, you know, we, we, we could be seeing a new champ. I got to ask you about this weekend. It is Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington. The, I, I want to say the most personal fight I've ever seen because at least T.J. Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt had moments where they were civil. Tito Ortiz and, and Chuck Liddell had moments where they were civil. This is maybe the most personal fight I've ever seen as a fan, as someone who just gets to sit there and watch it. What do you think of, of this fight this weekend, man? Uh and to be fair, I think every fight Colby's in is the next personal fight, right? Like, he, I think this was he a made, level. Of, he got he, asked that, and he's he going, "Oh, this is above all that." Yeah. No, he makes he makes literally every single fight. Like he's Connor, personal right? as yeah. well. Like, and if it's not personal, it's gonna be personal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a gnarly fight. I, like, and you know, props props to to Covington for being able to sell a fight like this for. Yep being able to put on the mask against all whatever everyone else saying and just just running it the way he has been and sticking with it after you know everything that's happened like you just losing everybody friends yeah, he's, right? he's, he's still doing it so I hats off to him for that um I would have taken a different approach but <laughs> you know <laughs> you know that's Colby it's, it's each their own I, I think it's a hard fight for Masvidal I do. No, like, notwithstanding, like, a flying knee that Masvidal can pull off and we've seen him do it before. Um, yeah, notwithstanding one of those, I see it is a hard fight for Masvidal. So, I've seen Colby Covington fight live. And I have never seen anyone, anyone with the amount of cardio Covington has, that relentless takedown pressure to pop up, to throw 100 punches, to shoot again, 
and do that five times every round for five rounds. He'll do it. That is so hard to come up against unless you're somebody that can match him on the mats. And the only person that was able to do that was Usman. And you could see it became a kickboxing fight and the better kickboxer won. This isn't going to be a kickboxing fight because I don't think Masvidal has the ground game nor wrestling game that that uh, Covington does. And that's that's not saying, yeah, I just I just don't think he does. I just don't think he does. And uh, yeah, I, if 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 it if it goes to Covington's plan, it's going to be a long night in the office for for Masvidal, five long rounds. Otherwise, we might be seeing another flying knee holler reel. Who knows? I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, man. Always look forward to your fights. Really appreciate you making time for us, buddy. Enjoy this weekend. Thanks for having me on. Love being on. Thank you. Hear what's happening around the globe on World of Basketball. Scott Morrison, the coach of Perth. What are the things you took away from Brad Stevens? The other day, I was looking for a full court, kind of late clock play. He said, uh, look up 2010 Butler versus Stanford first half. I think we ran this, this, and this. Sure enough, I got on Synergy and found the game, and it was exactly as he, as he described it. New episodes of World of Basketball, hosted by Fran Fraschilla, are released Thursdays on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts. Eve Edwards, man, giving you your props about the knowledge. So, uh, I have one question for you. I saw your career from the beginning to the end. You and I were uh, training at the same time, the same places. And did you ever have an opponent that you personally disliked? Not even on the level of these guys, but at all. It's crazy because I did not until after the fact that we fought like i have some opponents i like before the fact i was like oh he's a good guy and then find out some things after the fact it's like oh i hate that guy beforehand because that would have kind of fueled the fire i won all those fights fortunately so i can't be too mad but if i if, if i would have known beforehand oh man i would have tried to put a little bit more on it i bet you would have so i talked to dan lambert and i would love to get your opinion about this uh, I pointed out some other rivalries, Chuck Liddell, Tito Ortiz. Um, there was uh, Cody Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw. There was Rashad Evans versus John Jones, your know, former sparring partners, whatever, now enemies. And in each one of those fights, the one who was less emotional won. The one who didn't, didn't get as wrapped up in the emotions, I thought Chuck was a little cooler than Tito. I thought John Jones was a little cooler than Rashad Evans. And I thought TJ Dillashaw was a little cool, cooler than Cody Garbrandt. The cooler head won. I pointed that out to Dan Lambert, and he goes, yeah, but I think this is the exception to the rule. I want a fired-up, hot, emotional Jorge Masvidal in this fight. I don't want him ice cold. I don't want him super tactical. What are your thoughts on that, man? Dan, Dan is absolutely right, man, but Jorge, that's who Jorge is. It comes, like, he grew up that way. He came up street fighting. He knows how to handle those emotions and channel that into his technique and still stay focused. Um, in all the fights, in all of Jorge's best fights, that's when he has been most emotional. You know, uh, with his fight with Ben Askren, um, his fight with Cowboy, fight with, um, and he wasn't, I guess he wasn't as emotional in those. I think he went into those with some confidence that that was kind of supreme. But I think in this one, the emotions are just going to kind of fuel him, man. Um, him and Colby have history. I was there for a lot of that and, and times. And it, 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 I would say it hurts my heart to see two friends turn on each other like that. But it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> ah, 
Like, I'm not going to lie. I want to see him fight. I want to see him fight for sure. Uh, of course, you know, Eve Edwards breaking down the fight for us this weekend. Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. So to you, what does this come down to? I mean, Dan Lambert now in the corner of Jorge Masvidal. One of the things he said, though, when I talked to him, he goes, Covington has a third lung. That dude never, ever, ever gets tired. And I know personally, one of the most disheartening things, whether it's jujitsu or kickboxing or MMA, when you're up against a dude who just won't get tired, it is the absolute worst. It's the worst physical attribute to face. Do you think that's the difference maker in this fight? I Honestly, I don't because um, Please. Jorge is the kind of guy, Masvidal is the kind of guy who, when he's in the room, if somebody has some, some skill set or some attribute that he doesn't have, he gravitates towards them and, and tries to pick up on that, try to learn from that, try to try to do the things that brings him closer to that, that um, end game. He spent a lot of time with Colby. He wanted to work on his wrestling. I know he improved his cardio in that time, having Colby as a, as a mentee kind of for a while. And um, I really think he's going to start the big brother Colby. You said that the, 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 that he tries to match his cardio, but you think he's actually going to big brother Covington in certain situations, man. I find that surprising. Can you, t- can you tell us that one more time? Yeah, I think he's going to big brother him in some situations. Uh, in the wrestling, Kobe has the advantage. But when Masvidal is able to, to he's not going to, Kobe's not going to score 100% of the time. In those instances where he doesn't score, I think Masvidal is going to put a real beating on him. And that's going to, to I don't know if Kobe's the kind of guy that can break, but that is going to put something in his heart remind him of this is a guy who taught me a lot about what I know and when it comes to standing in front of him I could be in tr- serious trouble do you see I'm uh, speaking to Eve Edwards of course we're breaking down Covington versus Masvidal do you see Masvidal as that kind of puncher he has good speed he has good accuracy uh throws very nice combinations do you see him having the power to kind of back Covington off the way Kamaru Usman did who's a very hard punch with the right hand do you see Masvidal as having that kind of punching power I do but it, it I think he's going to combinations against Colby and be able to be able to sting him a few times I don't know if he's improved on his power or not but he doesn't pack a serious punch meanwhile Masvidal is not known as a big puncher but he's skills and he knows when to, to put the power in there he has knockouts with his hands and i think he can he can put the pressure on kobe uh when you when you when you when you when we were breaking this down before uh it was who was it was it um i i forget somebody on the on the ufc staff was cornered as to how a how uh Jorge Masvidal could possibly win a decision in this fight and they couldn't come up with it. Like the whole panel was like, ah, if it's a decision, it's Kobe Covington, almost certainly. That Masvidal needs a stoppage in order to win this fight. Are you in that camp, or do you think there's some way Jorge Masvidal can, can win a decision in this fight? I think Masvidal can win a decision in this fight, but it's going to have to happen in the first three rounds. He's going to have to show some dominance. He's going to have to show some dominance at some point. And... Um, really establish himself as the leader in some of those early three rounds. Then when we get to the championship rounds, that's when Kobe's cardio and his conditioning is going to play a big factor. And Masvidal has to stay on par. You know, he can't fall behind in those later rounds because I think one or two of those, uh, one or two of the first three rounds will be close, but uh, Masvidal has to win one of three 
I'm sorry, a four or five. And I think he wins this fight. All right, so moving past the main event a little bit, Rafael Dos Anjos, Hanato Moicano in the co-main event. This was all thrown together last minute. Of course, you know, it was supposed to be Rafael Faziev. Faziev gets COVID. He is really ill right now. Hanato Moicano steps up. Uh, Fought Alexander Hernandez, looked good in that fight. It's at a catch weight of 160, which makes it easy for Rafael Dos Anjos to make weight. But it's really, it's... This is a lot. There are a lot of factors in this fight that make it interesting and difficult to predict. How do you see this one going down, man? I really like this fight. Um, RDA is coming off a couple of losses, and he he has something to prove. And Moicano's on the way up, and um, all all the all the talk at American Top Team, you know, Mike Brown, he has so much praise for Moicano, man. Um, and I I've seen Moicano look look you know a little bit different since the loss to Fazev. So I I think. This fight is really a young one trying to establish himself and, and having a former champion in front of you is, is real motivation. You know, meanwhile, on the yeah. other side of that, Dos Anjos knows what it's like to win and he's coming off a couple of losses. So he, he wants to reestablish himself in lightweight. Um, all because this fight is going to happen. The kickboxing is going to be fun. It's going to look good. But the real title in this fight is going to be RDA's takedowns and 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 how Moicano reacts to to those takedowns if he can stop them and get top position and or what's he going to be looking like working off of his back against a guy like RDA that's where this fight is going to play out most most decisively in my opinion um and I honestly I couldn't tell you who's going to win but from everything I'm hearing from from Mike Brown and the guys down in ATT man um Moicano is the truth and and he's 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 a future contender uh, I'm speaking, of course, to Eve Edwards, helping you break down Covington versus Masvidal, UFC 272. Kevin Holland, Alex Oliveira, when I first met you, you were a welterweight. You fought at 170, uh, and then you went down. To, I, I remember those days, bro. I don't think I don't remember when you were a welterweight, all right? Back in our day, that wasn't weird, okay? But you went down to 155. Now, in a similar way, Kevin Holland's going from 185 to 170. You think about all the things you're going to gain. Man, I'm going to be so much stronger than those guys. I'm going to hit so much harder. But you don't think about what you're going to lose, about opponents being faster and quicker and maybe more versatile. In your experience, what's that kind of that shock like when I'm um, going down to, from in your case, 55, 70 to 55, and then you go, wait a second, there are certain advantages I now don't have. It, do you have to get through that in, in that first fight? You know, for this particular fight, I'm not so sure because these guys are built so similarly. You know, um, they both pack a mean punch with those long limbs. And um, Alex Oliveira is a strong guy. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if Kevin Holland's going into this one thinking I'm going to be the bigger, stronger guy. And if he is, he really should not, because Oliveira at, at 170, you know, at 155, he is really powerful. At 70, he's not cutting the weight. He's not, he's not straining his body. He's going to stay strong. And um, <sighs> This, this fight is really fun because they both love to bang it out and they both have a really solid ground game, man. Um, Kevin Holland coming down to 170. This is probably where he belongs and he, uh, over Oliveira, but Oliveira, is no, he's no walkover for anybody. So this really is the, the on the main card that I'm most excited about aside from the, the main event. I feel like these two guys are so similar in their, in their style, their aggression, their power. This is this is easily fight of the night, in my opinion, man. It certainly could be, and both 
fighters in this case have a lot to prove. I think Alex Oliveira might be fighting for his UFC life. Kevin Holland is fighting for his place at 170. They're both very, very motivated. It sounds to me, from what you've said so far, you're kind of riding with Jorge Masvidal. And by the way, you fought Jorge Masvidal. People who don't know that, quite a few years ago, I think it was in Bodog, you, you squared off with Jorge Masvidal, so you know him well. You know American Top Team well. You know the history of Colby Covington and Jorge Masvidal. If I give you 1000 bucks, Eve, who are you betting on for this weekend? Masvidal, man. Um, I, I'm, I'm No hesitation. About- I love that, dude. You're like, Masvidal. I'm, I'm riding with Masvidal. I'm ride or die with Masvidal, man. Always, man. I'm emotional about this one and like I'm not a fan of Kobe. Yeah. I don't want to I I'm I'm in the role of an analyst and I'm I'm being impartial but like, No you're not. In the, you tell me you're not. <laughs> you just I don't like the nice, I don't want anything to do with him. All right, but you know. I I I I yeah. Like I've I've seen some things happen with those guys. I've 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 went over to their apartment when when Kobe lived with with Jorge. Um, some things happen with the shoot. I have like I have a little story with Kobe, and I'm just like I don't like I like that's not the way you carry yourself. That's not the way to behave, man. I, I don't I don't like that. And um, I I I'm just rooting for Masvidal. I I almost always want to see Kobe's face get smashed in. Three to one odds right now, dude. He's a three to one favorite over Masvidal. The betting community thinks it's going to be a walkover for Colby Covington. Where do you think that comes from, man? I think that comes from the way Colby performed against Usman. You know, yes. And the betting public is—that's a whole different breed. They're like they are not necessarily. The people like us who've watched the fights forever, studied these things, know these things. And we understand that MMA math doesn't work out. A, fighter A beats fighter B, fighter B beats fighter C. That does not necessarily mean fighter A beats fighter C. You know, um, you can look at look at the um, the triangle with myself, uh, Joe, I'm sorry, Jeremy Stevens, Jeremy and, Stevens, and, yeah. and, and Sam Stout, you know? Yeah, yeah. Three of us, we all hold wins over each other. Um, but I think, you know, people think the way that Kobe performed against Usman and Masvidal getting knocked out, I think that kind of put elevates Kobe in their eyes. And Kobe's tough. Kobe's got conditioning, you know. But Co- technically, Kobe, he could shut you down in the submission game. But Masvidal's not one to chase submissions. Masvidal's going to defend the wrestling and box. And I, I don't think Masvidal's going to get tired. They spent so much time together. And... um I I think he has a good idea of what Kobe's looking to do when they wrestle, and having spent so much time training with him, he has he has good leads on on how to counter that and how to effectively nullify some of that. And I think he's go. I don't think Kobe's caught up in the boxing yet. I just I just know that's not happened, and I think Masvidal is going to piece him up. Eve, it's always a pleasure talking to you, my man. Love hearing your knowledge about this weekend. Uh, next week, we'll find out whether or not you were right about Jorge Masvidal. I'm glad you're right or die, though, brother. Appreciate you, man. For sure. Always, my man. Right <laughs> or die with you, too, Jimmy. Unlocking the Cage with Jimmy Smith is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Michael Russo. The associate producer is Kelly Murphy. Sound design by Nuri Balin. 
Special thanks to SiriusXM's Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts.